This is a Federal News Network podcast. Congress finally unveiled the legislation of a $1.7 trillion whopper of a federal spending package for fiscal 2023, which started back in October. The omnibus contains some important provisions for federal employees and for their paychecks next year. And, of course, spending priorities for agencies. Federal News Network's Drew Friedman joins me with the latest. And let's talk about that pay raise on everybody's minds. What does the omnibus say about it, Drew? So, Tom, the omnibus actually doesn't say anything about the pay raise for next year. But what that means is that it's basically aligning itself with Biden's planned pay raise of 4.6% for 2023. That would be a 4.1% base pay raise plus 0.5% locality pay. So it kind of would depend on where you live. But at least in terms of the omnibus, it is effectively endorsing that proposal. That doesn't mean anything is official yet. Nothing actually goes into effect until January 1st, and Biden would actually still have to sign off on an executive order to make that technically official by the end of December. So that's the final step. But notably, the bill also does support a 4.6% pay raise for military members in 2023 as well. And that was also part of the National Defense Authorization Bill. So there's harmony there. Exactly. So it's it's just another nail in the coffin, I guess. <laughs> well, it's another watering of the rosebush, I would say, rather than the yeah. nail in the coffin. <laughs> we'll put it in a positive term here. And now some people are exempt, though, from these pay raises, correct? Right. So there's been a pay freeze for some senior political positions. That's been in place since at least 2014 for political appointees on the executive schedule. Again, this doesn't affect anyone on the general schedule, but that pay freeze, according to the omnibus, will remain in effect for next year as well. So pretty much tradition to to stick with that at this point, but just a note about the omnibus with that as well. Well, nobody gets a politically appointed job for the money. It's just a stopover until you can get those big, rich think tank, foundation, academic, and industrial jobs afterwards, carrying your Rolodex with you, if anyone remembers the Rolodex. All right. And aside from not mentioning that pay raise, what's actually in the bill for civilian agencies, especially in the enacted funding? So it's, as you said, $1.7 trillion total. And of that, that $772.5 billion would go towards non-defense spending. So that's actually an increase of $42.5 billion since the enacted level for 2022. And House Appropriations Committee Chairwoman Rosa DeLauro actually said that's the highest non-defense funding ever and a larger increase in both dollar and percentage than fiscal year 2022. For the defense side, it is $858 billion, so a little bit more on the defense side. That's a $76 billion increase over the enacted 2022 level there. All right. And of course, that doesn't count the $4.7 trillion appropriated in non-regular appropriations because of pandemic relief, infrastructure, and CHIPS Act since the last appropriation. And what about the Office of Personnel Management in particular? I saw that Kieran Ahuja got her deputy finally confirmed through the Senate, but OPM has been at the center of so many employee issues in the past year and a half or so. What about their funding? OPM is going to get 422 million dollars for fiscal 2023. That is a pretty sizable increase for them. $49 million more over the enacted appropriations in 2022. And a good chunk of that, about close to $20 million, would go towards IT modernization and retirement services at OPM. That's about a 13% boost. So that would be, you know, trying to speed up this kind of lengthy retirement process and trying to replace some of the more legacy IT systems at OPM. 
They'd also look at potentially expanding self-service tools in the federal employees health benefits program. And they'd also just a couple other things in terms of, uh, you know, priorities for OPM in the omnibus. They'd have to analyze and look at potential changes to pay and benefits for recruiting and retaining federal wildland firefighters. They'd also have to work with OMB to come up with a plan within the next 120 days after it's enacted to look at ways to speed up the federal hiring process. That's another kind of key priority that's been pretty ongoing for OPM. Yes, they've had these ongoing challenges. As you point out, the retirement system really has to be automated. And so maybe now the money is there to really throw some serious effort behind those things. And what about the other major agencies and departments? Did anyone not get a big increase? There were a couple that did actually get big increases. You mentioned the Chips and Science Act. The National Science Foundation with that would actually see a really big increase in appropriations, about one billion dollars above their enacted 2022 level for close to $10 billion total. A bit smaller budget, Merit Systems Protection Board would receive $52 million. And Social Security Administration got a little bit less than the uh, Biden administration request, but they would still receive with the omnibus $14.1 billion in total funding. That's to say is you know, they've had some challenges during the pandemic with work backlogs, delays in serving the public, also facing some severe understaffing. They lost 7% of their workforce during the pandemic and also are dealing with a lot of outdated technologies. So they're hoping that funding will at least get things started trying to fix that problem. But it is it would be a multi-year effort to kind of get through all of those problems at SSA. Sure. And the other thing that SSA could use is a confirmed commissioner because they haven't had one in a long time. And to really get after these things in a way that has some horsepower behind it, I think you need confirmed permanent political leadership. They have acting commissioner Kololo Kichikazi, but... Yeah, again, she's just the acting commissioner, so it's not something we've ever, we've seen yet from the Biden administration putting someone forward, but but definitely something that that many people have called for. Anything else we need to know about the budget? There are a couple other noteworthy provisions that were included in the text of the omnibus. So one of those is the Secure 2.0 Act. That's a bill that was introduced earlier this year that would push back the starting age for uh, people to start taking out their required minimum distributions or RMDs from 72 back to 73. That's something that would impact thrift savings plan participants. One other note, the omnibus kept in the Hyde Amendment. That's a longstanding amendment that ensures that federal dollars cannot cover the cost of abortions, except in cases of rape, incest, or if it would endanger the life of the pregnant person. That's something we've seen a lot of advocacy groups come forward about, especially this year with the Supreme Court case being overturned, particularly as it pertains to the Federal Employees Health Benefits Program. That ban is still included in the omnibus this Well, that's year. one of the grand agreements that really dates back to the Road versus Wade era and has been right. an enduring way for people not to be at each other's throats perennially, at least at that level. Anything missing from the omnibus that we were looking for? One thing that was notably missing from the omnibus was the Preventing a Patronage System Act. This is something that was also missing from the National Defense Authorization Act. So it seems like the chances are getting a little bit slim for that to actually go through in this Congress. That bill would have essentially stopped any future presidential administration from putting forward a Schedule F-type policy. That was, of course, an executive order during the Trump administration that would have reclassified about 50,000 federal employees. And a lot of Democrats have been pushing to get the Preventing a Patronage System Act passed, but 
of course, it was not included in the omnibus. All right. So the uh, roots of the bitter grapes of wrath is still in the ground, but it hasn't flowered. And at least for now, it's kind of dormant. Right. So we'll see. Maybe things will turn around next Congress. But that is kind of where things stand right now. And uh, the deadline for this bill, by the way, I mean, it's not actually to the president desk yet. Right. So it would need to pass both the House and Senate and then get signed by the president. The deadline is midnight on December 23rd. That's Friday. So otherwise, we'd be looking potentially at another continuing resolution. But I think the goal now is still to try to get this omnibus passed by Friday. All right. And remember, agencies, even if the president signs it, the money's not in your accounts yet. You got to wait a couple of weeks till a flow through happens. So don't spend it yet. Federal News Network's Drew Friedman. Thanks so much. Thank you. And be sure to check out her stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Leadership Today especially within the federal workforce, is being tested more than ever before. Sean Ferguson, Senior Vice President of Government Relations and Chief of Staff to the Office of the Chairman at the Special Olympics, joins host Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA, to discuss the importance of leadership, inclusion, and community building. To learn more about how you can get involved with the Special Olympics in your community, visit specialolympics.org slash get-involved. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned working with that community? Oh, uh, yeah, almost, uh, Shane, it's almost immeasurable. The things I've learned since I've been with Special Olympics. I um, One of the things that drew me to Special Olympics uh, when I made the move over from, from the NFL uh, was that my mother, my grandmother, my aunt all took care of of people with intellectual disabilities and 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 physical disabilities as well. So all of my life, I was uh, interacting and around um, usually usually young people, but also adults with disabilities. And so I I knew that I knew that work a bit. You know, they ba- they basically were in d- direct care, and and I will say, and on a, obviously we'll say about my my family, my mother, my aunt, my grandmother, they're saints. Uh, but uh, the the men and women that do take care of people with uh, pr- profound disabilities are are really um, you know we we can't do enough to salute them. Um, they're they're really heroes, and um, so I was I was drawn when I I and I just saw that you know Special Olympics was looking for someone, and I thought well you know I'll take a look at it and see, see you know throw uh, send in my information, and lo and behold I I, I get hired, and um, I learn uh, every day almost something from especially from our athletes. Uh, we're blessed to have a number of athletes that work here in our office in Washington D.C. and you know, uh, Terrell, who who works in in our mailroom, who comes by with packages and deliveries. Uh, if you're having a day that's you know getting away from you and you, you <laughs> coffee hasn't kicked in, but Terrell comes by, always happy, always enthused, uh, has a has a good story. Like it can just turn a day around for you. And 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 you think of I I you know so often when he'll walk away, I'll be like you know whatever was bothering me or whatever is you know stressing me out. And come on, you know, like look at look at Terrell. Like he, he he faces everything with optimism, and 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 I've seen that also in our going to competitions in throughout the United States and globally. You see people who have had everything stacked against them. You know, their parents when they were born were often told this is a tragedy, and you should you should you know send your this child away. Don't don't you know and, and kind of forget about them. Get, turn them over to the state or or wherever. And and you know that you know just kind of wash wash your hands of it. 
Um, and 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 in in these cases, the parents didn't do that, thankfully. Um, and but they've still faced enormous challenges, you know. And but you see them out competing on the basketball courts or the football fields or swimming, and uh, and and you know, besting their times from from their last competition, and they're so committed and just keep fighting through all the obstacles that they've had in front of them that are not just on the sports field, but also in growing up and finding education and finding groups to be part of and trying to find jobs. And, and, and I've seen so much perseverance and grit uh, from a- the athletes of Special Olympics that uh, I, I, Tim Triver, my boss, the chairman, uh, says all the time, and I couldn't agree with him more, uh, we get more than we give. Uh, working with Special Olympics, it, you know, we, and thank you for your very kind words about the work I do and we do, but but we're the lucky ones. We, those of us that work here are the lucky ones because I I said to someone the other day, you know, the things that I've been able to see and experience with athletes, you just don't get to do that anywhere. That that you know, it's a, and it's so unique and it's so uh, joyful and and uh, I mean, we work hard and you know, we we're up against you know the things that nonprofits are up against and you know the you know the issues of the day. But uh, man, you see, it, it, and 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 the inclusion and the at Special Olympics, no one's excluded. You know, no, right. no one's excluded. Everyone yeah. is equal at Special Olympics. It, and, you know, in a country that's quite divided on so many lines, politically and uh, socially, uh, economically, race and uh, sexual orientation and whatnot. But you go to Special Olympics and everyone's involved. Everyone's welcome. Everyone's equal. And I've learned that it's a model for our country and for our world. Uh, I, I just think that that if if people were involved in Special Olympics in experience the power of Special Olympics for themselves, I, I, I can't imagine that one help our country and help our world um, to experience that true inclusion and acceptance of difference. How, how do we get, how can listeners get involved in Special Olympics? Ways to get involved? Uh, tons of ways. So uh, volunteers, obviously, coaches, officials, um, and, and the thing that, that, that uh, Tim Shriver has done uh, and really pushed in the years that he's been chairman is the unified sports model that, that I mentioned earlier, um, where people and, and it doesn't have to be. Uh, it's not just school age. It's it's, uh, you know, we say nine to ninety nine or uh, year old uh, folks uh, that play on teams, uh, bowl together, golf together, play soccer, basketball together. Uh, people with and without intellectual disabilities competing on teams together. Um, and that is, I, I think, when you when you go back to the founding of, of our organization, what Mrs. Tri- Mrs. Shriver was trying to do uh, was to, to uh, create inclusion opportunities for people with intellectual disabilities. And you see it at these unified sports events where people with and without are playing together. We still have traditional uh, teams where it's all people with intellectual disabilities competing with other uh, teams, all intellectual disabilities. But this model of inclusive sports and inclusive leadership programs and whatnot, I think is truly revolutionizing and changing the way people see uh, others with intellectual disabilities. That's just like, I mean, that's what we that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring people together and bridge difference and, and, and celebrate differences and that our athletes, man, are some of the grittiest, 
people that you will meet and and uh and there's a lot to learn from our athletes and playing sports with them and interacting is is how you'll learn it check us out uh you know uh, specialolympics.org on on our website uh that will link you to your local program you can follow through the the clicks of how to get involved and where what's closest to you you'll enjoy it i can promise you that well, thank you very much, Sean. And, and to everybody listening, I'm Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA, and we'll uh, talk to you next time on the Lessons in Leadership podcast.